ladies, you are listening to Women Emerging Fearlessly. Did you know that four out of five women struggle with confidence and knowing who they are? This show is dedicated to helping women lead their lives with fearless confidence and to know how amazing they truly are. In this show, you will hear from women who are emerging fearlessly, who have overcome many obstacles to pursue their dreams and passions, and they will inspire you and encourage you to stand up, step out, and speak up. Be your authentic self and bring your true gifts to the world. My name is Janelle Anderson, and I am your host. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a great review and subscribe and share it with your friends. Enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. I'm really excited today to have a special guest on with me. Ada Lloyd is her name, and she is an amazing woman. Uh, We've recently met and connected, and I've heard a little bit of her story. You are going to be super blessed today as she shares some of that story with you. And today we're going to be talking about the unstoppable you. Great topic. So welcome, Ada, to the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to getting acquainted with your guests and yeah, chatting with you. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself and some of uh, your story. You know, I grew up being sexually abused as a child at a time where that was not on the public radar. There weren't any programs. There weren't any recognition of it. And so as a child, you feel isolated. And not finding anything as I was trying to to figure out, you know, this is wrong, this hurts, I don't like this. I figured the best thing for me to do is to figure out a socially acceptable way to run away. And so that's what I did. And I got myself on a college campus one month after my 16th birthday. Wow, that's young. (laughs) Yeah, it was. But, you know, I was very mature for my age, just maybe not quite as mature as I thought I was. (laughs) But it was a few years after that that I had a life-changing epiphany that essentially was, you are not responsible for your father's choices, but you are responsible for how you allow those choices to impact your life. That began my quest to find hope and healing. Hmm. And it was, there wasn't anything there. And so I went into the self-help arena and I would take a piece here and if it worked, I kept it and a piece here. And if it didn't work, I tossed it out. And gradually I got these assorted pieces that, that helped here or there. And then I started building bridges between them so that I could find what I needed for me to not be chained to that legacy. That's beautiful. And Kudos to you for finding your own way out of that. That's amazing that you did that without any help. And that you started young, actually. You know, I spent like 30-some years not dealing with mine. And I did had did get help. So it's pretty fascinating. You know, you know, I was in my 30s the first time I even danced close to mentioning this publicly. Wow. Because it was just beginning to hit the public radar. And after I just mentioned it in cash in passing as one of the things that can create stress in our lives. I had four women come up to me and put their arms around me and sob. Wow. Three of them said, I thought I was the only one. The fourth one just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And I knew, and she knew that I knew. Right. And that was the day I understood that I had 
a message that I had something I could do to reach back and help others that were not as far along the path as I was, because I just don't want to see anybody in pain. So tell us a little bit about what you do to help others that have been through this. Well, let me back up for a minute, if I may. Sure. Because at the time I was, you know, I had a brick and mortar business and I started doing things on a pro bono basis and I continued to work on me because I knew that I wasn't there yet. I was just farther down the path than a lot of other women were. And so, yeah, I had little snippets of therapy here and there and, and help with things, but they never lasted long. They just sort of gave me another piece to, to figure out where I was going. And over the next few years, actually probably several years, I developed what I call the seven pillars of a happy and a successful life. This started with me getting to know me mm-hmm. in all of the different areas of my life, personal, my relationship with myself, physical, everything about my health and my body, emotional, largely about resiliency and how we roll with the unexpected, you know, fire bombs that sometimes life tosses at us. Yes. Spiritual, however you define spiritual, professional, whatever brings money into the house, financial, your stability and your long-term, you know, uh, stability uh, goals there, and relationships of all kinds. And I, it was important to me to to know what success looked like to me in each of these areas. Because I'd never really thought about that. Hmm. I'd been so focused on two or three of those areas, especially, you know, healing from that legacy and not allowing it to impact my daughters, that I was kind of out of whack and out of balance. And so the first thing was I needed to build a foundation for me. And as ultimately about 15 years ago, I shut down the brick and mortar business and and transitioned and have been working with people and and speaking in that ever since. But it all comes back to these seven pillars because that creates a foundation on which all of these other things can be built. And so, you know, if you've been abused if you've been in a domestic violence situation, um, even if you haven't had anything that serious, lots of times one of the things we struggle with are those little voices in the back of our heads. Yes. It's who do you think you're kidding? You really think you can do what? Right. And, you know, that's part of the destructive legacy mm-hmm. that so many of us live with. And so one of the things that I will talk to people about is those voices aren't about you. They're about the person whose voice you are hearing. And so, for example, if it's your mom's voice that is saying these things, what was going on in your mom's life at that time? Maybe she was trying to protect you, or maybe she was projecting her own unhappiness on you because she didn't have a way of dealing with her struggles. Now you may know what was going on and you could use that, or you may not know what was going on, but knowing what you know, you can create a scenario in your mind as to what she was probably dealing with. 
when you make that scenario real, your brain doesn't understand the difference between that scenario you have created and that reality that you have remembered. This is so true, yes. And so at that point, you're then in a position to begin to quiet those voices mm -hmm. and to understand it's not about you. You know, it's I think about that, mom. Yeah, that's so huge. That's, that's one of the biggest realizations I think a lot of my clients come to when they're dealing with the voices or the stories that loop around in our heads is we think it's us. We think it's our thoughts. And when you can start to di differentiate between that and your the real you, that's when I think healing can start taking place because it removes it from being you. That's not your thought that was they're put there by another person and how true is it yeah and that's why it's so important to create that foundation and know who you are at your essential core yes because I, if you I ask that somebody, all the time <laughs> and we're so much on the same same wavelength you meet somebody and you ask them about themselves and they tell you about their life they don't tell you about themselves right they tell you that they're a mom that they have a business that they love to run whatever it is that is about their life but and that may be perfectly appropriate but that's not what we need to tell ourselves about our lives hmm. ourselves are about who we are and who we want to become right what are the characteristics that matter to us honesty integrity compassion kindness charity you know whatever i mean i've mentioned the positive ones but we get to choose that's and true. You know, and so, you know, think about GPS. So GPS needs to know where you're at before it can create a roadmap to get you where you want to go. And so it's the same thing here. And, and healing is all a part of this, is when you know where you're at and you know where you want to go, you then can create a roadmap that will get you there. Yes. You know, I, I know I sent you my momentum planner. And yes, did. that's one of the things I created first for me and then for clients to help with that roadmap so that there is a plan that you have where you have daily accountability mm -hmm. to yourself. Yes. To move yourself forward so that you can achieve those things that you want to achieve. Exactly. And, you know, when you when you do the 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 process of the um, seven pillars of life, the end result is to create your unique definition of success. And, you know, I think that's so important that we have our definition of success. So many of us are trying to operate on, an, on a definition of success that's not ours and it doesn't align with our values and our goals and vision. And so give yourself permission and stop a minute and think about what does success look like for you? Where do you want your life to go? And that just puts you back in the driver's seat of your own life. And it's very powerful to be there. And I, I love that you brought up the planner. Uh, tonight I have a workshop on um, being productive and I'm going to be talking about planners and yours is one of them. I think it's Thank really you. important to have those tools. And But first, like what you're saying, get to know who you are and understand where the messages in your mind are coming from get really clear on that and then you can start to think about where do i want to go based on who i am and then you need to start having a plan so that you can create the action steps and make it happen <laughs> i don't think we want to be successful 
But right. so often we've got society's definition of success. Yes. We've got what mom and dad told us success looked like. And we can be successful by somebody else's definition and still feel hollow and empty. Yes. Because it's not us. It's not yes. our definition of success. So true. So true. So talk about the unstoppable you. Where does that come from? Okay. So this is absolutely the most exciting part of this is once you have your unique definition of success, you know what things are good from in alignment with that, what things are better and what things are great. Uh -huh. And so that becomes or has the capacity to become a mindful filter as you are making choices about when to say yes and when to say no. And as you learn to say no to those things that are good, because they're not in alignment with your unique definition of success. Mm. They may be wonderful things for the world. They may be wonderful things for somebody you care about. You may absolutely adore this person, but they're not in alignment with what matters the most to you. And so our tendency is to say yes, because yeah. we care about people. Mm. And then we wind up with all these monkeys on our shoulders. Oh my and, gosh, I've done that so many times. You're, you're just talking to me right now. <laughs> You know, and we're overloaded. We're overwhelmed. We I had one, and, one person tell me one time, Janelle, you can't do everything. And I'm like, but I want to. <laughs> and I yes, want to help everybody. Exactly. When somebody comes yes. to me and says, would you do this? Sure, I'll do that. And then the next thing you know, I got too much stuff going on. <laughs> Absolutely. That is so, so totally typical of, of so many of us. And so what happens is, Janelle, if you said, hey, Ada, you know, would you help me with this? And it was in perfect alignment with what you value most, but not in alignment with what is most important to me. And I were to say, you know, Janelle, I love what you're doing, but I'm simply not in a position to help you with that right now. But I just wish you great success with it. And I look forward to hearing how it goes. Now, I have validated you. Right. I have validated the importance of what you are doing. But I've still set a boundary that said, not me. Not me. You know, that happened so to me recently. Just uh, sorry to interrupt you, but I, I just wanted to interject this because it's it's just hitting me like, oh, yeah, that's kind of what I did. Um, I was asked by my church, a guy in my church who's doing this new ministry, and it's awesome, and it's incredible. It involves mentoring, and he wanted me to come in as a coach and help with that program, and and it was just, it's an exciting outreach it's very important work and i started to say yes because that's what i do and then as i looked at it and you know they started having meetings and and all this time that it was going to take and i it was just hitting my spirit like ah this is not feeling good i it feels more like oh i have to instead of oh i want to and so I did. I was like, you know what? This is great work. It's wonderful. I, I hope that it really takes off, but it's not what I'm meant to do right now in the world. And so I have to respectfully step out of it. And he was fine with it. But but uh, normally I really have a hard time saying no, because then I feel like I am hurting their feelings or, you know, something like that. So talk about that, like the difference with how do you say no without it being a negative thing? It has to be a no that, that comprises certain components. One, you have to validate what they are doing. Two, you have to validate the person. Three, 
you have to um, embrace the outcome that it will be good and that you want to know what it's about. And here's the reality. If I say no to you, just like you said no to this gentleman in your church, what it does is it forces you to look for somebody else to help you do what you wanted me to do. Right. When you do that, you will have the opportunity to find somebody who is in alignment with you. Oh, yeah. Their great is the same as your great. Good point. What they will bring to you mm-hmm. and to what you are working on is greater than what I could give you, giving you my best effort, because we're not in alignment on that. And so consequently, you wind up with your life being enriched, the life of those you're touching in this process being enriched, and the world being enriched. Mm -hmm. What that does when I say no to you is that opens me up to take a monkey off of my shoulder and be in a position to pursue that which is great for me, which is where I can have the greatest impact in my life in the life of those that I interact with and in the world. So there's nothing selfish about doing this. Right. It's actually a very compassionate, loving thing to do when that's the place that you come from. That's a great way to look at, great way to turn that around so that it it feels right for everybody. It's a win-win for everybody instead of feeling like you're letting someone down. And you're right, if if you're not right for that, position or that job, somebody else out there is. And not only does the person get to find the right person, but the right person then gets to do what is in alignment for them. And then you're free to follow what is in alignment with you. Everybody wins. Absolutely. And so when this happens, you are, you know, you're no longer feeling overwhelmed because you're not carrying everybody else's monkeys. Right. And, be, you know, be, not being focused on the fact that you're an honorable person and you've told, you know, Janelle or Mary or Susan or whoever that you're going to do this. So you have to do it. Right. You've left the time and the space to say yes to the things that matter the most to you. And so what happens is you're no longer overwhelmed. You're not procrastinating because you're overwhelmed doing things for everybody else. And that's when you become unstoppable. Aha. Uh-huh. That's beautiful. I love that. I love that. The way that you put that was fantastic. So it's okay to say no, ladies, and watch what you're saying yes to and stop and ask yourself, is this in alignment with my passion, my purpose, my values, that whole perspective of I will be selfish, actually, if I take it on and it's not meant for me. So that that's very, very helpful. Awesome. So let's see, there was another question I had for you. Is there one magic bullet that can change my life? Yes. That's learning to keep commitments to yourself. As we focus on keeping commitments to others, we put ourselves on the back burner. Oh my gosh, all the time, don't we? Yeah. You know, and as moms, it's sort of into our DNA, Mm -hmm. you know? Yes. But here's the reality. When we do that, we're not even teaching our kids anything. It is positive and helpful and constructive for their lives. We're not modeling being our best selves. And so when we learn to have the time and the space and the freedom and the commitment to keep those commitments we make to ourselves, 
And frequently, they're also the commitments we make to our God. Yes. That's when wonderful things happen because we're valuing ourselves. It's the ultimate in self-care. It's the ultimate in self-respect. It is where we have the freedom to give the world everything that we have to offer. I love that. I always talk about, you know, when you are being you and you have embraced who you are and you are releasing the gift of who you are, it's a gift to the world that nobody else can give. You know, you're, you're reminding me of this woman. Uh, she was a client of mine. And I remember having a conversation with her once. She's a mother of five, I believe. And she, every time, and she's so creative. She's super creative. She has so many gifts in her. I mean, incredibly gifted woman. And she had all these ideas and things she wanted to pursue. But every time she started to put some of that into action and take time for herself to pursue those things, she was overwhelmed with guilt. And she felt even to the point of being sick to her stomach. And I asked her why. And she said, because I feel like if I'm taking time for me to pursue my interests, that I am taking away from my family and my children. And so I asked her to put herself in the shoes of one of her children, especially her daughter. And let's say, what would your daughter say to you if she, while she, you know, through her eyes, watching you go spend this hour writing your book or whatever it is, what do you think your daughter would say to you about that? And she said, oh, she'd probably tell me, go for it, mom. That's awesome. And she'd probably encourage me. And I said, exactly. And what kind of a role model, what kind of message are you sending your daughter when you are still taking time to pursue your own interests? And she said, oh, well, it gives her permission to do the same thing. And I'm like, yes. So you're actually giving your family a gift. You're not taking away from them. You are giving to them when you pursue when you take the time for yourself to love yourself and to pursue your own, your own passions and gifts and creative endeavors or whatever it might be. I love that. I grew up in New York city. I grew up on the sidewalks. You know, I, I knew nothing about, uh, you know, farm or country life or anything, but I remember hearing an analogy that struck me before I even really understood what it was. And it talked about the importance of priming the well. Because oh, yeah. you couldn't get water from a dry well. Right. And I just think so often that that's what we try to do when we allow ourselves to be overwhelmed. Hmm. We deplete our assets. We deplete our energy. We deplete that water, that life-giving water that is so essential to our beings. And taking the time to do the things that matter to you, not in a selfish way, but in a loving way. Doing that is really, you know, keeping that pump primed so that we can do all of the other things that are important to us. That's a beautiful analogy because it's being filled up with life, right? Water is life. Yeah. And then when you're full, you have more to give. Yeah. When you're always giving out and giving out and not filling up, then you're dry. I love that. That is so powerful. Powerful. Well, you know, I mean, even think about you know, the old time, you know, wells that you would see mm -hmm. and how you might see a group of people dropping, you know, a, a bucket or a ladle, you know, they were drawing water out. When we are full, we don't have to parcel things out. Hmm. It's there uh -huh. for others to draw on just, right. you know, naturally. Yeah, we're overflowing. Yeah, I love that. 
um, that it even reminds me of scripture, you know, being a spring flow up, up, um, springing up, a well springing up within us and um, mm -hmm. pouring out to everyone around us. But we have to fill our, we have to fill our bucket, our well, not our buckets, but our well, and be filled up. And the way we do that is to, is to take the time to be all that we are. And, you know, it's not selfish to pursue your dreams and to develop yourself and to grow and to learn and to be more skilled and just pursue the things you're interested in because then you have more to give out. We need you ladies to be you and to give all that you have and to be who you are because we need that. We all need each other. We need all the gifts that there are in the world. So tell us about the offer. You have a free offer you want to give to anybody that would I might do. want it. I have an ebook, The Seven Pillars of a Happy and Successful Life. And Janelle will put a link, you know, into the, the, yeah. the comments so that you can download it. And what it does is it gives you the basic tools that I've just briefly alluded to so that you can create a foundation. You know, I sometimes think about, you know, having a, a, a lot to build a dream house on and it's perched on a cliff overlooking the ocean. Nice. You know, I love the ocean. So do I. You, you need a foundation. But so often when people talk about goals and things, it's like they want you to start building the second floor. <laughs> you know, you try to build the second floor, it's going to collapse. There's nothing holding it up. You know, you're, you're not going to have this, this dream house that you want. And so what I would just encourage your listeners to do is really download the book, study it, and create a foundation for themselves so that they can build the life they want free of legacy of abuse or hurt or pain or horror or any of those other things that can be ongoing albatrosses until we figure out how to jet jettison them. Yes. I promise you there is a path to hope and healing and you deserve it. You do not deserve to be locked into that legacy of somebody else's choices. Amen. Powerful, powerful words of wisdom. And I totally agree. So I encourage um, all of you listening to this podcast or watching this video to go ahead and download the seven pillars to a happy and successful life. Is that right? Of a happy and successful happy, life. Okay. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, definitely take, take hold of that and it will help you. And I, I totally agree. Like we need a strong foundation to build on. So if you have never taken the time to build a foundation, if you feel like, well, you know, I never really heard of all those, or maybe I'm strong in one or two of them, but I haven't really taken the time or thought about looking at all of them. Go ahead and grab this free resource. And if you would like to reach out to Ada, I will put her contact information also in the show notes. So thank you so much for coming, Ada. You are such an example of uh, strength and vibrancy and perseverance and just even more than that, like life, you know, blossoming into life despite of what your younger life was like you you grew out of that and then you bloomed out of it and made the best of your life and now you're pouring into other women and it's just so inspiring so inspiring to hear stories like that of courageous brave women who didn't let the past define them and hold them back so thank you for being you thank you for being on the show today thank you for having me it's been a joy and a pleasure all right so everybody Take hold of that, um, all the nuggets of wisdom and download that ebook. And I will see you guys next time. Keep being fearless.
I hope you enjoyed that episode and got a lot out of it that will help you on your journey to becoming fearlessly confident. If you would like to know how to work with me to help you to become fearlessly confident, just email me, Janelle at EmergingLifeCoaching.com. You can also go to my website. There's lots of great resources on there, including a free mini course called Be Confident, Be Real, Be You. It's a three video course with downloadable action guides that will definitely help you to get on this journey to becoming fearlessly confident. My website is EmergingLifeCoaching.com. Thanks for listening. And until next time, be fearless, be confident, and be you.